0: Welcome back to The Good Reading Podcast, I'm Erin Christie. Today we're chatting with first-time author Rose Carlyle, whose book The Girl in the Mirror comes out this week. A thriller novel, it is very highly anticipated both here and in the United States, where it will be released in October. Rose spoke to us about the process of writing her first novel, and also what it's like to write about twins, and intense sibling rivalry. Based in New Zealand, Rose will get to have a book launch, but also chatted to us about the difficulty of releasing a book in a pandemic. I hope you enjoy this chat. Rose Carla, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations on your first book, The Girl in the Mirror. Um, how was the journey towards publication, especially given a book that's actually quite highly anticipated?
1: Um, it's, been, uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been... Um, really fun and exciting. I think I didn't really have any expectations about publication. I always just wanted the book to be published Mm -hmm. because I don't think you can really imagine having more than one reader. When you're writing, you just picture a reader, singular. So um, anything that happened on top of that was a bonus, really. So having it um, being published in other countries as well is is the icing on the cake. But you know, the main thing I always wanted was just the idea that one reader out there somewhere is reading the book. So that's been great.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, you'll have quite a few more than that, which is really exciting. (laughs) Um, So is writing a novel always a goal of yours? Well, I think it,
1: it has been really, because when I was six, I somehow persuaded my godfather to buy me a typewriter. Oh, nice. So, honestly, I had the plan. And sometimes I wonder why I sort of lost touch with that idea. But I think when I was, I mean, I see some writers in their 20s who are amazingly um, mature and well developed in their craft. But when I was in my 20s, I felt like I didn't know what I wanted to say and that I couldn't really write a novel until I. Have really figured life out a little bit more mm. and the funny thing is now that I have written one that I've realised that you can't write a novel because you have answers, you can only really write one because you have questions mm. so perhaps you don't really need to have any wisdom to write a novel you just need, you just need to have some crazy ideas
0: yeah definitely um, and I think the novel does have some really crazy ideas but they work very well <laughs> <laughs> Crazy about, like,
1: I have to confess that I've looked at my Goodreads reviews, which I know that proper authors don't look at their reviews, but mm. I saw one that used the word crazy about three times, and I thought, oh, really? oh there's a glowing review, but it just keeps saying crazy, and I thought, yes, there's a craziness in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it was good. It was, it, yeah, a bit crazy, but I think definitely in a good way. You're releasing the book in the next couple of weeks, How have you been preparing for that given um, the pandemic and everything that's going on at the moment?
1: Well, I mean, 2020 has been a very strange year for me because it's like on a personal level, it's a great year, but on the level of the world as a whole, it's a terrible year. And it's really hard to have those two things in your head at the same time. Mm. So um, you go from feeling really excited and happy to feeling. Really sad for the world, mm. um, but I think I mean obviously the the issue for with COVID is a life and death issue, and so I never really felt like oh it's a bummer that my book I I thought the book might not even come out you know I thought oh the whole world might end and there might never be another book published again. <laughs> oh, no. But when you sort of have those thoughts, those deep dark thoughts in the middle of the night. Mm can't feel that upset about it because if, if the world's going to be that bad then your book is really the least of your worries so I, I didn't really feel disheartened or saddened about the book I just have felt obviously quite disheartened and saddened for the world as a whole
0: of course um, yeah no that makes sense definitely I think a lot of um like so many publishing houses were pushing back the release dates of their books and things like that so um it's good to it's good to see that things are slowly kind of coming back on track and there's more books coming out. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, obviously we're not at the end of it, but it is a more exciting time now because more things are starting to happen again. So yeah, it's definitely exciting. And also you've got a US release um, happening as well. So is that going ahead? Yeah, so my publication dates
1: were not altered at all by COVID. I thought that they would be, and I had a friend whose book was coming out just ahead of mine and mm. she got pushed back a couple of months
0: oh.
1: and my publishers will tell you i've been obsessed with where are the books yeah. are they printed <laughs> are they going to be in the book shops <laughs> i was kind of scared of having a having you know the big launch date and all the publicity and no actual books yeah but yeah it seems that people have turned to reading during um lockdowns and so book sales have been quite strong aside from that there's been a lot less commuting happening and a lot fewer plane flights happening which are two places where people listen to audio books or buy you know airport thrillers but all the same on the whole it seems book sales are pretty strong this year
0: yeah definitely which is a, a strange silver lining given the um what's going on in the world although you're based in New Zealand aren't you
1: yeah, I am. So things yeah. are pretty normal here now. I mean, that's I'm good. actually going to have a book launch, which oh, wow. is unusual for 2020. like Not an online one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm very lucky to be here and be able to lead a pretty normal life at the moment. Oh, good.
0: Um, that's exciting. The book launch will be, that'll be fun. So your book comes out, so it comes out in the US, it's a bit after it comes out in New Zealand and Australia, is that right?
1: Yes, it comes out in October in the US.
0: Great. So can you tell us a bit about how that came to be, the decision to release in the US? Yeah, well, I was a little bit um behind on
1: everything because I had sort of misunderstood the whole process of pre-publication and my book had been through uh developmental edit but it hadn't been copy edited yet so I just kind of assumed that oh they won't give the manuscript to anyone until we've done that Mm. and um, so even though my publisher had made noises about the Frankfurt Book Fair and showing it to um, American agents and so on Mm. I had thought that that was a long way down the track and then suddenly I got um, a very exciting email and they um and I got news that I had an agent already in America so and she was like my dream agent so I had to go up and google her (laughs) about her and then um and then they started getting bids and I I actually had to choose um oh wow who to go with I I mean I felt like I had absolutely no idea but. I spoke to um, the editor that I ended up going with. I had a really long talk with her. Um, yeah. And I just felt like, yeah, she really got the book. And luckily, um, my agent and my publisher felt the same way about her. So, so we went with William Morrow, which is um, a really long established imprint of HarperCollins. And they have been a great... It's been really great having the Americans on board because they, they just bring in a different perspective and a different energy. And because they came along so early before it was published, mm. we were able to actually take in their um, thoughts on the book as well. So they were involved in the editorial process, which was oh, nice. really, um, I just felt like I had such an amazing team of people helping yeah. with the book.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like in the States, it's because their publishing industry is bigger, just in terms of like, I guess, our bigger country, I think, you know, it there'd be, you know, a really kind of exciting vibe around publishing in the US.
1: Yeah, it's a really thriving industry. And I mean HarperCollins is a big machine. And I mean that in a good way, you know, like (laughs) they've their systems in place everything is, is streamlined and professional and you know that you're getting top-notch treatment with everything so that's just really exciting and fun and I can almost imagine what it would be like to actually be an American author going through that process but it's also fun to be doing the the um you know Australian and New Zealand um version of publication at the same time
0: yeah definitely no it's it sounds like it all sounds very exciting um so heading over to the novel now so um i think like so many things about it really stood out to me because it's just it's such a great book um (laughs) <laughs> it's just I um I was kind of reading it gradually and then one afternoon I just kind of hit a point where I just couldn't put it down. I sat there for about 4 hours just like powering through it. I was like I cannot stop. Um it's just very <laughs> it's so gripping. It's really good. Um I think what stood out to me the most was um the relationship between Summer and Iris. So obviously twin relationships are really fascinating alone and then Summer and Iris then Mirror Twins which is even rarer. Um, So I wanted to ask what it was like writing about these two women and how you learned about Mirror Twins as well.
1: Um, I just kind of stumbled across Mirror Twins online having obviously decided they were going to be identical twins and at first I thought this is going to make the book a bit harder to write because it's going to make them less identical. Yeah you know obviously are mirrors so they're not exactly the same mm. and that puts a lot of pressure on my main character but I thought well I've got to do it because I already had the title at that point yeah so the girl in the mirror we're gonna have to have mirror twins so exactly. I just thought well I'll see if this works I'll give it a whirl and um yeah it didn't look back so <laughs>
0: Nice. yeah yeah fun. Um, what was it like writing about because I remember I read your acknowledgments and you said your own, you and your own sister are very close. So um I was wondering what it was like to write about kind of sibling rivalry.
1: Yeah, I was I was uniquely unqualified. I might as well have been a <laughs> child where that where that was concerned. <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean my my sister and I came up with the idea together. In fact, we had a moment that's a little bit like what the book is about, where we realized we had one idea and there's two of us who oh, nice. you know, want to write it. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in marked contrast to the way that um, Iris would have behaved with Summer, <laughs> um, my sister just said, you write it and I'll help you. And so she's been, you know, I would phone her before I wrote a chapter if I was struggling with it and then she would be the first person to read it after I wrote it and she's probably read the book ten times. Oh wow easily. So um she's been she's I feel like she's almost more professional than me. Like she she won't (laughs) let anything. If I say oh I think this is fine now she'll say no it's not (laughs) go back and edit it again and sharpen it up. So um yeah it's it is ironic that we're writing this story about jealous sisters when we just don't really (laughs) understand that feeling don't understand sibling rivalry no
0: definitely it's um definitely like the jealousy and the rivalry between Summer and Iris is so like uh it's just so um like pertinent and believable, so obviously it doesn't come across that you don't have any experience with a, a jealous sibling. Um, so I was, oh yeah, I wanted to ask about, because both of the twins are very flawed and quite unlikable in the sense that I think at the start I, w- I thought Iris was quite terrible, then by the end i kind of changed my mind and like it was kind of like a, a switch between how I thought about the two of them. Um, and I was wondering if you had a favourite of the two twins.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think everyone ends up with Iris as their favourite, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, you know, when I gave it to members of my family to read, most of them liked her from the start. Okay, not um, really what I expected, but there is that interesting effect in um, when you read a book that you side with whoever is telling you the story, regardless of what they're getting up to. Mm. So, um, and I and I knew that I had to take full advantage of that because Iris is certainly no angel. I'm trying not to give out too many spoilers here. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because I never thought I would want to write a character like her. I okay. I think if I met her in real life and I knew what she was like, I wouldn't want to be her friend. <laughs> um, but I, she she had to be my character that was who she was I couldn't make her be a better person Mm. and I also didn't feel like she was a terrible person either and I I think that as you read the book you see some of the things that have happened to her in the past and during her childhood that maybe make it a little bit more forgivable that she has such an interesting relationship with the truth (laughs)
0: yeah definitely and just the whole the um her her childhood and all the siblings and all the rivalry it just was just so so wild so yeah I think definitely you can justify sort of her behavior in certain aspects um I was wondering also so I was going over the book this morning and there was this moment I found really interesting when um without giving away too many spoilers Iris is kind of reflecting on what summer would be like in a certain situation as it's when they when she first arrives in the Seychelles is it Seychelles is that how you say it
1: yeah, that's
0: yeah, fine. yeah, so and she's saying summer would have been making everyone her new best friend, whereas Iris just wanted to be away from everyone, and there was such a stark kind of introvert extrovert sort of idea there, um which I just found super interesting, so I was wondering like you know were you writing from kind of are you quite introverted or like is there a twin that you identify with more in terms of their not crazy
1: <laughs> aspects? Yeah, I think that's quite an insightful comment actually because I am an introvert. So, mm. uh, you, you know, there's it's easy to misunderstand what an introvert is because mm. they're not necessarily shy. I'm not shy. I'm quite confident, but I can imagine if I was suddenly being expected to rush around a new country and meet a whole lot of new family members who all wanted to be my best friend that Mm. i would feel like i wanted to you know go back to my own quiet space every now and then so i guess moments like that do draw on me a bit but i also think that it's because you're seeing it from iris's point of view so perhaps i mean maybe everybody feels the way iris feels on the inside you know it's it's, we talk a lot about imposter syndrome, which is kind of an ironic name for, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's, it's imposter, like,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and then there's real imposter syndrome. But um, it's so easy to look at other people and think, oh, that person is confident, she's having a ball, she has no self doubt. Mm. Whereas um, we only get to experience our own inner life. So we don't really know. I think it's yeah. a really big part of the book, really.
0: Yeah, definitely. I was, yeah, that was sort of going to lead into my next question about, I think um, Iris's relationship with Summer is really informed by her jealousy, but kind of without giving way too much by the end, we kind of come to realise that Summer might not be who Iris thinks she is. So, or like as great as Iris thinks she is. So I was wondering, is there anything in particular, like any kind of message relating to that, that you kind of wanted to get across?
1: Well, I certainly didn't write the book like a morality tale, like and <laughs> you should believe in yourself and not be jealous of other people, but I mean it's inescapable that that message is in there isn't it because you know another character comes into the story quite late in the piece who's just chosen not to join the race, so to speak, and mm. not not to be jealous and not to be a rival and I think it's pretty clear that that's the right decision yeah you know so I guess you could say if there was a moral to the story maybe that's it but I didn't want to write a story with a moral because I don't think I have all the answers you know I, mm. I would sort of joke that the moral is don't impersonate your identical twin <laughs> <laughs> it's a good moral <laughs> yeah yeah so novel needs to be read by twins everywhere
0: yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to ask about kind of the writing of, say, like your writing process. How long did it take you to write the novel?
1: Oh, it was pretty quick, actually. I started it in, in summer and I finished it in midwinter's day. So it was like six months to write the first draft.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And, but it's taken a lot longer than that to edit, which I think is actually the thing that people don't realise about writing until... They start writing, which I didn't realise because fresh writing, writing the first draft is mm. so much fun and so intense. Yeah. And then, and then you have to do the hard bit, of actually fixing it up and turning it into a publishable book. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, so I would call the novel, like it's very twisty, like that's a lot of twists going on um, without giving away too much. And I was wondering if you could speak to what it's like to write a twist in a way that works? Because I, I feel like all of yours worked really well. So was that kind of a trick to it? or? Um, yeah, it so just- they
1: always say that the best twist is unforeseeable and then it's obvious in retrospect. And actually the secret that you have to, the secret technique that you have to use in order to achieve that is to plant some hints about the twist. Mm. You know, I mean, a truly really unguessable twist would just be oh, and then a hurricane came and... <laughs> and the character got whipped up and you know yeah zoomed away but that would not be satisfying because unless the reader feels like they should have seen it coming Mm. it just feels like a random event and we don't read fiction for random events we read fiction to find meaning Mm.
0: um and I was wondering if, because there are so many twists and turns in the novel, did you begin the novel knowing how it would end, or did you kind of make changes along the way?
1: Um, I absolutely knew how it would end. (laughs) In fact, my sister and I came up with the whole story in one lunchtime. Oh, wow. So um, the only thing, it was just a bit sketchy in the middle, so we knew the beginning We knew the main plot twists, we knew the end. What Mm. we didn't really know was who these characters were. Mm. So Iris had to be the perfect person for this story to happen to. So that took a while to figure out. Mm. And there were things in the middle that we weren't sure about. My sister was not sure about the whole yacht journey. Mm. she got into yachts and sailing in the ocean Mm. but I felt like it was something I really knew about and could write about because I've done it in real life so I said well I'm gonna have to persuade you that this is the right setting for this story (laughs) um yeah she was convinced by the end Mm. so it was things like that in the middle you know is this going to take place on a yacht who who are the characters going to be some of the characters got invented sort of mid-sentence
0: So
1: so there is a mix between plotting it out and seeing where where your pen takes you.
0: Yeah, definitely. And also, speaking of the the yacht and the sailing, I think some of my favourite parts of the novel were set on the yacht. So obviously you've got experience sailing, but um, how was it writing about um, those kinds of experiences?
1: I really loved writing about being on the yacht Mm. because... I got to invent my ideal yacht without having to be a boat architect. (laughs) And and I got to describe all the, well, not all of the magical moments about crossing an ocean, Mm. but some of them, things like jumping off a yacht in the middle of the ocean with no land in sight, knowing that there's a kilometer of ocean underneath you. Mm. Um, and I always thought, I've got to get that into a book. Yeah. And then writing it really p- puts you back there, you know, when, because you really have to remember. And the harder you try to remember it, the more that you can, you know, feel the sun on your skin and smell the ocean, mm. even though you're actually sitting writing in the middle of the winter huddled up in front of a fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And your experiences sailing, did you use any of those in the writing?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, uh, the one thing I felt bad about with the sailing is that that probably puts people off the idea of doing any blue water sailing, <laughs> <laughs> because obviously the the truth about sailing is a lot of the time it's quite boring. You know, yeah, and you just you just sit there looking out for other ships, and you don't even see any other ships. You know, mm. you go for a week, and you might see one, and the rest of the time you're just being careful, and you. Could probably go to sleep and survive but I wouldn't take the risk. Mm. Um, so you're picking up those scary moments and making them scarier for the purpose of fiction.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah I have done things like I mean I've been up the top of a mast and oh wow. um, you know it's not fun up there.
0: <laughs> no I can't
1: imagine it would be. <laughs> so yeah you do you do pick some of the worst moments put in a book Mm.
0: yeah I guess yeah that's interesting because it's definitely a really spooky part of the book and especially just like the idea of the isolation um yeah it was yeah definitely quite scary so yeah it's interesting that it's something that you enjoy so much but kind of um extrapolated those scary experiences to put in the book
1: I don't know whether I would enjoy being on a yacht on my own in the middle of the ocean though I've always been other people most yeah. of the time family yeah and,
0: definitely. Um,
1: that's very different because I think um you know I don't know if, if you've read many post-apocalyptic novels but they're always actually about the coziness aren't they they're actually mm-hmm. about like um surviving the apocalypse and then setting up a nice cozy community yeah go back to the land and we grow crops and that's what people dream about and it's a bit like that adventuring across an ocean you actually you actually really start to savor those cozy moments where you have a good meal even though you're in the middle of an ocean storm or you get to an anchorage and put the anchor down and Mm. and, I don't know cozy up with a book to read yeah so um, I don't know I don't think I would enjoy being completely on my own out there
0: Mm, No, that that's definitely understandable. It made me it want to sail actually. Just some of the scenes where like you were talking about like the warmth and like like you said like the sun on your skin and like the blue water. I was like, this actually sounds really nice. And then without giving too m- away too many spoilers, it obviously takes a turn for the worst. But um, yeah, some parts did sound very nice, so that was good.
1: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it, I was trying to catch that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you Um, and best of luck with the book.
1: Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you too.